Lockdown Diaries with Jack Kirby Lur and Rowan Kirby Lur, episode 36. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm recording this at about 5 to 10 on Monday the 3rd of August. Um, I hope everyone's well. I'm doing all right. Um, it is my last day of paternity leave, which I'm feeling a little bit sad about. The last three weeks have been really, really lovely with uh, with the new baby and Lauren just spending time together and looking after him. So, yeah, I'm a bit sad to have to go back to work. I say I go back. I'll still be working from home. Um, so it's it's not exactly, uh, you know, it could be, could be worse. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be a bit of a shame to uh, not just have the whole day to spend with these with this little guy who is currently having a little snooze in the crook of my elbow which is nice um so yeah uh the first three weeks of parenthood have been lovely really uh it's i don't know uh obviously it's very different um i don't know that there's been that many shocking surprises or anything maybe we're just well prepared by friends and family for what was in store but you know it's been more or less um in terms of you know people say how difficult and exhausting it is and yeah uh, it is exhausting but i've enjoyed it it's not really been difficult i would say of course, I'm sure it can get more challenging as, as time goes by, but these first three weeks have been quite idyllic, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it's quite funny. It, he, doesn't, he doesn't need loads and loads of attention. So, like, he sleeps for about 18 hours a day. So as long as you've got him near you or on your arm or whatever, then he's fine. You know, you can look after him that way. And obviously he feeds and he poops. And when he poops, you clean him up. He poops, oh, loads. <laughs> I don't know, at least seven, eight, nine, ten times a day, probably, something like that. Um, often shortly after you've just changed him as well, which is a little bit annoying. But um, but that's fine. So you do that when he needs that done. And obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but Lauren has been able to breastfeed, so she's doing a lot of the feeding she's also able to express so um most nights except for the last week or so she's been able to express something in the day so i can do a feed at night time as well which um which is good i i like the opportunity to be able to feed him as well and help her get a little bit more rest but yeah, I mean, I don't know, those things, they do have an impact, but it's not, it's not felt like it's been a non-stop, really, I suppose. I suppose we'll see how it gets balanced when I've also got to fit in a seven and a half hour working day as well into the mix. Um, but yeah, a lot of it has been helping Lauren in recovery as well, and she's obviously feeling better every day. Um, so yeah, we'll see how we go, but it's not been so very bad really um and just how lovely he is even if it is a bit tiring getting up a few times in the night usually he's up about two times sometimes three um 
you know, and that does tire me out a bit. I do like my sleep, but again, like, I'm not that bothered about it, really, and getting up to sort him out in the night doesn't feel as onerous as, onerous? Onerous? As, um, I don't know, if a car alarm went off in the middle of the night and sorting that out, I'd be much more aggrieved than having to change a baby's nappy, for example. We had a bit of an adventure last night. Um, we got him down to sleep about 11-ish, probably, I think. He'd been asleep before then, but, um, yeah, we sort of went to sleep as well around that time. And he woke up sort of less than an hour later, about just before midnight, and needed a feed, I think. So we did that. And then just as we were sort of getting him back down to sleep again, we heard this whine of a mosquito or a midgie or whatever it was so that prompted us to be sort of vigilant to try and squash this mosquito i'd get really i don't know when you hear that whine near your ear in the night time it really puts me off my stride so we didn't want well we didn't want us to get bit and we certainly didn't want baby to get bit so we were hunting for a mosquito i took off my shirt to present more of a a fleshy target for the creature, uh, which didn't seem to do too much. Um, but yeah, Lauren got a can of hairspray, the idea to spray him and slow him down. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> eventually he did reappear. We tried to spray him. Then we worried we spraying too much hairspray around a sleeping baby. Uh, so we stopped that technique. And we sort of spotted him. He was... The mosquito was up on the uh, near the uh, near the ceiling, and we could see him against the white painted bits of the ceiling. So I got a magazine, but he was just slightly out of range. My I'm not an overly tall person, and my reach wasn't quite good enough to get this guy. So that was a bit comical, sort of chasing around the room, getting on chairs in the middle of the night, trying to swat a mosquito. He kept getting away. Eventually. Uh, I got him splat, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I've, as I say, I've I've uh, I've been living a vegan lifestyle recently, but I don't know, I don't, I, I'm still prepared to swat insects. Um, I guess I hope that's not morally inconsistent. But anyway, this little guy splatted. It was I thought it was just a I don't know. I wasn't sure it was the right insect to be honest because he looked far too big for a mosquito but when he splatted there was actual blood red blood in the splat so he'd definitely been feeding off something previously so that was nice it was just nice well it was an adventure it was just a bit surreal that we found ourselves in the middle of the night trying to protect a sleeping baby from a mosquito uh yeah it was just a little bit surreal i liked that though um yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'd have done any damage if he'd bitten Rowan. Rowan's not had his jabs and things yet. I don't know how disease-ridden mosquitoes in the UK are. Probably not. But who knows? Is it a risk worth taking? Well, we didn't. So, anyway. So that was a fun little midnight adventure last night. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Um, Whilst I say it, I don't know, I didn't make great plans but I did think having three weeks off 
work would also be a time to, you know, every, I think everyone envisions, oh, I'm going to read all the books and I'm going to watch all this and write my novel and things like that. And I don't think I really expect to do that much, but, you know, maybe you thought I'd do a bit more than I have done. But, yeah, it is just tiring. So whilst, you know, whilst he's asleep, there is plenty of time to do stuff and things just kind of exhausted to do much more than sit and watch telly really so yeah I think I don't know I think the lockdown I think a lot of people have said they're more tired generally keeping indoors all the time and I think when I go off schedule as I've been out of my routine I think that has a tiring effect and obviously waking up in the night and caring for a baby is probably more mentally taxing than um, physically tiring I suppose but yeah, that's um, yeah. It's meant we've just spent a lot of time watching telly, really, which is fine. It's fine. Somehow we've ended up with eighteen different streaming services. Um, well, I say that we had Netflix anyway, and then we took out an Amazon Prime trial at Christmas time, so I could watch some of the football and get the delivery and stuff over Christmas for shopping which has been helpful and I thought I cancelled it but apparently not but to be honest it's been quite useful having a next day delivery service for things like uh, bin liners and and uh, snot removers and all that stuff uh, little mattress sheets things like that it's been really handy um, to be honest so we've had prime video and my phone line or two have offered me a six months of disney plus so we've watched a bit of that as well so we've had all sorts to to watch and enjoy really so we've been binging a lot on community on netflix which i watched um i guess while it was broadcasting which seems a long time ago now like 2010 or something i think it was first out or 20 2009 something like that um but Lauren hadn't really watched it before, so she's been enjoying that. I'd sort of forgotten how clever and funny it was at its best. I think it is a little bit uh, erratic in its quality control. I think some some of it is better than others, but it's quite densely packed. It's a bit like Arrested Development in that there's you can rewatch it because it's so... Uh, cleverly written at its best that there's just lots and lots to pick up on and appreciate over again for anyone that hasn't seen it it's a sitcom about uh seven people that are thrown together at a community college um which in america it's a university but it's sort of for adults as well so people who've gone back to study or oh, whatever and the uh, Greendale Community College is just uh, ropey and rubbish and yeah and there's various college based adventures but the show's sort of a format for exploring genre and tropes of TV which is generally good but it's better when they don't lay it on too thick some of the episodes are a bit too meta for their own good and it gets lost off its own bum a bit but it's a great program. Um, I think the, certainly the first two seasons are excellent. And then sort of from there on in various... Dan Harmon is the guy behind it who also does Rick and Morty. Um, and yeah, I think 
I can't remember the exact timeline anymore, but he was on the show and off the show and cast members, the core cast sort of started to break up a bit. And I think Chevy Chase is in it and I think there was drama with him and he's been, it was all a bit erratic behind the scenes apparently. So I think that tells certainly in the later seasons. And yeah, there is a drop off in quality, but there's definitely, um, there's definitely some really good episodes, even in the latter day past its peak stuff so that's been fun to relive a bit or rewatch with lauren um what else we watched um the remake of aladdin on disney plus the live action version which uh i don't know uh it was better than i had was led to believe it would be actually i thought it was supposed to be a bit ropey and i've never really seen the point of Disney remaking all their animated films live action, other than obviously it's a cash grab. But it doesn't seem, I don't know, it just a bit pointless to me, really. But um, yeah, we quite enjoyed that. It's a bit panto, um, but again, it's a uh, it's Guy Ritchie film, which again was a bit of a weird one. But um, it was pretty enjoyable, really. It's quite silly, but I think it knows... It's a bit silly. <laughs> it's okay. They tweak the plot slightly, which uh, arguably is not for the not for the worse. Um, and Will Smith is the genie, and you know everyone loves Robin Williams, of course, as in that role in the cartoon. But I think he did a great job, actually. I thought he was really really funny. Had some good lines. His singing was a bit weird. <laughs> a bit flat. Um, perhaps, but um, and he really should have done a rap. Honestly, I think every film that Will Smith does, uh, he should do a rap for the the soundtrack. Whether that's you know Men in Black and Wild Wild West, or if it's Ali and The Pursuit of Happiness, uh, <laughs> I think it should be a contractual obligation. But certainly, in, you know, a fun family film where he's playing a the genie and. In that comedic style, I think a, a, a rap would have been really good. <laughs> Bring back Will Smith raps. Um, but yeah, so we quite enjoyed Aladdin. That was that was a fun time. Um, we also watched Knives Out um, as well, which is on Amazon Prime now. Uh, Ryan Johnson film, which again really good. I mean, I'm let's the party on this, of course, but. Um, yeah, uh, for anyone that was waiting on my opinion on it, it's a it's a really good enjoyable uh, romp. It's a who done it. It's about a fairly unpleasant family whose patriarch, a crime writer, dies in an apparent suicide, um, and uh, Daniel Craig plays this southern detective. Uh, quite ridiculous um, character who has been mysteriously employed to investigate the circumstances of his death and obviously there's every member of the family basically has a motive for bumping him off um, it may not be a suicide blah 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 but it, it's good twisty turny entertaining uh, well written very funny I will say I don't know I, I think I kind of <laughs> Um, I'm not saying saw the 
conclusion coming, but you can sort of anticipate where the twists are and more or less what they're going to be sort of within the scene, I think. Um, But that's not to take anything away from it. I think it's very tightly constructed, um, cracking ensemble cast as well. Um, And yeah, it's it's fun. It's, uh, I mean... Ryan Johnson, I think, has been a bit hit and miss with me. I love The Last Jedi. I think that's a fantastic film. Uh, even, you know, not just a fantastic Star Wars film. I think it's a fantastic film in general. Um, but Brick, I thought, was, again, too ponderous and up its own bot- bottom. And Looper... I like Looper. I don't think it stands up to scrutiny, you know, particularly... Uh, after it's finished but um, it's fairly enjoyable but yeah now it's out really good um, uh, did I hear them making a sequel I'd watch a sequel I thought it was good you know with uh, ideally with uh, Daniel Craig and um, oh I'm sorry I've forgotten the lead actress's name let me google it but yeah with those guys rather than full cast that would be good but yeah, I would uh, recommend that one if you haven't already seen it. This is me trying to Google Anna de Armas. Oh, I'm playing a trailer. I don't know if you can hear that. Stop that. Anyway, Anna de Armas. She was great. It'd be great if she came back for a sequel too. Um, yeah. So that was Knives Out. Very good. Uh, beyond TV and film, uh, I've been playing, got a new game for the Switch. Hello, Rowan. Rowan's doing a little squeak in his sleep. Um, Smash Bros. Ultimate, which I have been enjoying. Um, I first played the Smash Bros. game, I think my friend Dan had it on the N64 uh, back in the day, which was good fun. And then I've had versions on the GameCube and the Wii as well, but it's a good long time. So I think there's been a few, a couple of different iterations of it since then. But yeah, it was cheap on eBay, so I got a copy just to while away any time that I might have. The Switch is great for, for that, sort of being able to pop it on the telly and then pop it in handheld mode just as and when the scenario suits. And yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it's good fun, Smash Bros. I mean, you sort of know what you're going to get, um, which I enjoy. It's sort of, it's it's one of those, it's a beat-em-up kind of game, and it's one of those games that is very easy to pick up, and you can do quite well without being particularly skilled at it, but there's just layers and layers of depth to it. If you really want to master it, there's all sorts of controls and things. So it's it's very well-pitched, really, for the casual player, which I probably more me to be honest and sort of people who really want to get hardcore on it i will say so there's just dozens and dozens of characters to unlock and i think that's my favorite sort of element of the game or or a lot of games i think you don't know if you get it so much these days where the more you play you unlock new stuff and i feel like in the previous games that i've played unlocking new characters was more of a you know, you had to fulfil very specific circumstances. And I don't know if it's just because there's just so many, 
but it does just feel like an ultimate that you unlock a new character basically every 10 minutes really um i'm sure there's reasons why and where for that and probably some you have to do fulfill more sort of specific and criteria but um i mean it's no bad thing it's a nice little endorphin rush when you unlock a new thing and the game grows and grows and for the most part many certainly not all but many of the characters sort of have their own play style all the controls are the same but sort of the way they function is slightly different so yeah it's that's been an enjoyable little time sink for when i need to sink some time and yeah the only other sort of thing i think i had to mention is sort of a cultural thing that i've enjoyed which is basically what this entry in the diary is about um has been a book so um again i think i've I mentioned several times in these diaries that my reading has been a bit erratic, finding it difficult to plough through books at a rate that I previously have been. Um, so what was I doing? Yeah, I've finished um, the parenting book, the Matt Coyne book, um, a few days after Rowan was born, which is fine, good. I think I mentioned that previously, but... Um, so I've, I tried to start reading uh, Black and British by David uh, Ollers. Sorry, let me get that right. I don't want to pronounce his name incorrectly. David Olasoga, the historian. So just with the historical context that we're sort of experiencing over the last few months and things. Uh, Black and British, which is the history of black people in Britain, which is good. And I've read the first chapter or so, but it's very dense. It's very well written, I will say. It's it's not inaccessible at all, but it's 500-odd pages and the font is very small. <laughs> and there's uh, quite a lot to take in. But he writes really well, and I will persist with it. But I just felt I needed something quick just to get a book read and under my belt. So... I've had it, I've, well, I've got lots of unread books on my shelves, but I've had um, Laura Bates's The Burning uh, on my to-read pile for a long time, so I picked that up and read that really quickly. Now, that's probably because it's uh, a young adult book, and so it's uh, it's certainly an easier read than a fairly dense history book. Um, but yeah, it was, again, very good. Um, so Laura Bates... Um, is the woman behind the Everyday Sexism Project, um, whose book I read, I guess, more or less when that came out. So Everyday Sexism Project was sort of an online forum where women shared stories of everyday sexism, which Laura Bates collated. It's sort of a project, website, book thing. Um, but she collated those stories into a book, which was very eye-opening for me as a cis heterosexual white male um just sort of the level of sexism that most women face on a day-to-day basis so i definitely recommend everyday sexism it's just fascinating really and horrible but and but a great book um the burning is a novel and a young adult novel at that 
Um, and it, you know, it picks up uh, some of the themes that would characterise the Everyday Sexism Project. So it's about a young teenage girl um, who relocates with her mother to Scotland following a uh, an incident that is alluded to throughout the first half of the book that you find out about later on. Going stirring and waking up a little bit. But yeah, it's about sort of how rumours and reputations and things affect people. Um, it also sort of threads in this kind of, uh, again, a historical kind of aspect. She learns about um, a woman from the 1600s that lived in the small village that she finds herself in who was tried for witchcraft. And the book kind of ties in her story with the modern story and obviously there's uh, comparisons and similarities in what happens to both these young women um it kind of takes that on a slightly supernatural uh way like um it's the teenage girl who's experiencing these memories in her dreams which i think you kind of just have to take with it pinch of salt the rest of the modern story is all very realist and stuff and i think it's just more or less a device really to sort of tie these two narratives together which i think you can kind of go with and it's fine um other than that it isn't really you know the inverted commas supernatural elements aren't really an essential part of the story it's just a way of tying two narrative threads together um and it doesn't go overboard on it. Sorry, I feel like I'm trying to excuse that too much when everyone else is just like, move on. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so it's very good. It it talks about uh, bullying and harassment and, um, well, sexism, obviously, um, sexual politics, social media, it, a lot of hot burn topics for today. But I don't know, It, um, it, it you might, it might come across as slightly trite to some people, but I thought it was good. I thought it was really well written. I'd like to... I'd be interested to know how its target audience, which I presume is sort of teenage uh, women, respond to it. I, I think... I, I think it did its job very well. The characters are engaging. Um, it doesn't hold back. I've sort of long sort of thought that young adult fiction is often some of the most brutal fiction, really. It just happens to be for aimed at young adults because the protagonists are young. But, um, yeah. So I like that. If you're sort of interested in in Laura Bates and what she's about or any of those issues, then I would definitely recommend that as a read. Uh, but, yeah, it, I got through it very quickly. It was nice just to sort of have something easy to get through and engaging and enjoyable. Hmm, so, yeah, don't really have too much else to update. I'm not going to go off about the news too much or anything. It does seem like there's signs that the virus is coming back. We've been, again, maintaining isolation um, up to now. Uh, I hope that I'll be able to continue to work at home for at least the next couple of months. But we'll see how we go on that front, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, as a, again, I'm making no promises as to how regularly I'll be able to do these things, and you'll notice I'm not taking the time to pop on my jaunty little intro and outro music. Just going to upload as is. But Rowan's definitely waking up, so I will pop in another entry as and when I can. But yeah, I hope everyone is well, and if you've listened to the end of this, then thank you so much for your time in doing so, and I... We'll be in touch with you again soon, hopefully.